Hello and welcome to our second episode of Politics on Draft. I'm Kartik Sawney and I'm here with... James Tabor. How are you, James? How's it going? I'm doing very good. Uh, I had a very stressful day of just work and life and uh, the tubes stopped working as it usually does due to a signal fault at barking. So uh, it's nice to kind of sit down and just, uh, you know, forget about the, the troubles of London. But yeah, how are you doing, Kartik? I'm good. I well, today was a sort of. I'm I'm Hindu, and today was a sort of religious day for us uh, between brothers and sisters. So that's what I was doing. That's why you can see lots of um, red ties on my hands. Um, I haven't been to a festival. Um, they're not really my thing. Uh, but anyway, uh, what was I going to say? Right. So, how was uh, last week's podcast recording and editing for you, James? I thought it was quite fun. Yeah, editing was absolutely hilarious. Um... The amount of stuff we cut out was, you know... The noises. <laughs> the different noises we would make <laughs> and long pauses. No, it was a really fun... It was a fun uh, session, and it was uh, really interesting to kind of listen back to our views and kind of critique, and we, we ended up getting on to another extended argument about Matt Hancock's uh, apologies uh, from last year, and... Uh, that was that was really interesting. But, yeah, um, we're not, not going to go on that again. <laughs> no, we're not going to. And I've also I've also been told that I'm not allowed to speak for five minutes about mortgages this time. So yeah, please don't. Um, uh, so, uh, so I won't be doing that. Um, doing that this time. But th- one comment that we got, and it's something that completely passed over both of our heads, was that despite it being a beer based podcast, we didn't drink last week. We didn't. It was 11 a.m. and on a Saturday morning, and my mother would judge me. <laughs> yeah, um, that would be pretty tragic. But we are drinking now, so we are drinking. Karthik, yeah. what are you drinking? Um, I'm going to disappoint our listeners again. I'm not drinking beer. I'm drinking what I had in the fridge uh, from my birthday. Um, which, if anyone wants to send any presents next year, it's on July 3rd. Um, <laughs> but at the moment, I'm drinking some wine. I'm drinking some Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, it was just left over in the fridge. I'm not a champagne socialist. It would shock you to hear if i'm the more left-wing on one on this podcast and i'm drinking wine so yeah anyway what are you drinking james uh well uh you call me you call me closeted tory but i'm i'm actually drinking good old good old lager no i'm drinking uh i'm drinking polish uh lager. my family is from poland and so <laughs> i'm drinking uh well I'm, i was about to show it to the camera but i realized audio listeners will not be able to see i'm drinking tisky uh, which is a Polish beer, and uh, it reminds me... my benefit? Me, uh, I will show it up to you. There you go. Oh, okay. Right, fair enough. And uh, it reminds me of uh, my grandfather, so that's quite nice. Um, oh, that's good. He's nice. unfortunately not with us at the moment, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so that's that's my drink, and yeah, it's very nice and very good on a hot day like this which i think we're going to get into a little bit and um, not for too long but uh but kartik we have a new structure that you've proposed and so what are your what, what's going to happen today and going forward so um off the back of our last week's podcast we had a lot of reflection from our friends and family about how we should go forward obviously it's our first time so we're still learning on how to do a podcast basically mm. um so we decided we're going to shorten it from 30 to 45 minutes uh, that's how long it's going to be and then we're going to spend a little bit less time on the current affairs thing and then we're going to have a topic that we're going to pick or you can suggest 
once we develop a large enough Twitter following, um, or you know, if you follow us on Twitter, suggest a topic and we will consider it. Um, and we will spend the majority of time on that particular topic. This week's topic we will reveal to you in a second, although if you're listening on Spotify, you have already seen the topic. Um, but that that's basically how it's going to go. This week I picked the topic, next week James is going to pick the topic, and we're going to go back and forth just like that. Hmm. Sounds like a sounds like a good idea. Um, so, without further ado, Kartik, do you want to uh, introduce what we're going to be talking about today? So, first fifteen minutes, as was sorry, I've just got a message on Twitter. Anyway, I'll mute that. Uh, so, uh, so, first fifteen minutes, as discussed, is going to go to uh, current affairs. Then, the next thirty minutes, approximately, is going to go to discussing Alex Jones, um, the trial that's going on. Uh, the overall alt-right movement in America, at least I classify it as alt-right, they wouldn't really like it if I classified it as the alt-right, but I'm not really here to please their feelings, because um, I hate them. Um, and, then, uh, and then we're going to discuss whether there is still an alt-right in the UK. Hmm. Very, very interesting. Um, so yeah, I'd say let's, let's get straight into the, uh, into the current affairs thing. bloody hot isn't it yeah it's well hot yeah it's almost too hot <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was a terrible attempt at an in-betweeners joke but we'll move on <laughs> we totally didn't practice that and but um, but yeah no it is hot and uh it's the second heat wave in the space of a month and if you don't think that climate change exists um think again is what um, i'd say or get your head checked, maybe. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Maybe you might be suffering from um, from heat stroke. In maybe. Which, uh, in which, yeah. Now, I, you know, I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm a sort of big extinction rebellion, but you know, you only have to spend a night in this heat and you know turn your bed into a sweat slip and slide to realise it's awful, and we need to be thinking about this. And yeah, it still baffles me that people don't think about it. Kartik, mm. what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious that we have a climate emergency. Um, I think people who, I mean, again, I'm going to give another shout out to Politics Show. Um, they Ooh. did an interview of Tory members. Oh, so you like Politics Show now, do you? No, it's just I've been drinking. So Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, no, so I'm going to give another shout out to Politics Show. So they were discussing a, uh, they, they were speaking to Tory members, and one of the members actually came out and said, I don't really care about saving the planet. I'm not going to be around that long, um, which was worrying and funny, uh, which is going to be a common trend throughout this whole episode, worrying and funny. Um, but yeah, I it's did, definitely it's a problem. And, interesting. And I, Sorry to interrupt, but I remember watching that interview and thinking that that specific guy who said that looked as if he hasn't stepped out of the house in about 20 years. So he probably doesn't even know what the sun is, to be honest. So uh, Maybe. Yeah, sorry. I mean, we, we, we get a lot of discussions about whether you know it's cyclical and ice ages and stuff like that, and I haven't really looked into it. I'm not well. I I'm pro saving the environment, obviously, but I'm I haven't studied the environment extensively, which I should. Um, but it's not cyclical. It's definitely well. It might be cyclical, but it's definitely we're making it worse. Um, and it's here and to stay. It's, it's well, stay. unless we do something about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm encouraging my parents to, as a result of the energy bills rising, 
we will not go into that again, James. We are not going to talk, <laughs> talk about numbers. mortgages. Mortgages. <laughs> We're not going to talk about mortgages. Uh, we're not going to uh, talk about stats and figures because that bores people. Um, not really. uh, I, I'm encouraging my parents to get solar panels, which is actually really expensive, which I didn't realise. So it's sad, but yeah. Anyway, um, what what other topics do we have to discuss regarding current affairs? Kenyan election. Um, now I don't know, I know anything about. about no, I don't know too much about uh, Kenyan politics, although I I do know that in 2007 there was an election that was disputed and around 1,200 people died because of political violence that happened oh, wow. as a result of the dispute. So uh, a lot of people are very anxious about this and it takes a very long time to rack up the numbers and try and, you know, count all the votes. And the longer that continues, the more anxious people are going to get. Mm-hmm. over the potential of political violence and a repeat of 2007. Obviously, I hope that that doesn't happen, but just something to keep on the radar. Because So what was happening in 2007 was was a prime minister or a president that wasn't really liked by the British, not by the British, by the Kenyan public, not really leaving. Is that what was going on? I mean, it might have. Uh, it might have been. <laughs> it might be the British. Par- I'm, I'm, like yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to reflect some parallels about what's going on here, um, about a man that's it, not leaving. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was it was following claims of a stolen election. So funnily enough, a bit like the uh, twenty twenty one US election. Sure, we'll come um, on to. Yeah, which we will come on. Was it twenty twenty one or was it twenty twenty twenty? It was twenty twenty, but the insurrection happened on January sixth, twenty twenty one. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so uh, something similar like uh, to that. As I said, I don't particularly know um all of it i know there is like allegations of election rigging that has happened in the 90s um so yeah it's it's a very diff- it's very turbulent um but hopefully we'll get a calm and peaceful election and uh kenya will exercise its democratic right to um elect a a leader and a party who they believe is going to represent their best interests so hopefully what else hopefully. have we got what else have we got? Uh, oh, that is a very good question. Um, I'm pretty sure. Oh, Ukraine. That's it. Uh, Ukraine. Uh, we, we're bound to come on to this at some point. We didn't really touch on it last week. But um, really if you sure. haven't seen that, uh, Russian troops have created a base at one of the largest um, largest nuclear power plants in Europe. Uh, in Europe. Mm. And... It's very dangerous, and mm-hmm. I'm sure we don't want a, another repeat of Chernobyl. I certainly wouldn't. Um, I mean, it could be disastrous, not just for... And if you think it won't affect us in the UK, it will. Um, yeah. it, it did affect us during Chernobyl as well. I think we got, quite, we got quite close to uh, a nuclear disaster early on. I think we did. I think there might have been a conspiracy theory around it. Mm. Um, apparently, uh, they had there was a lot of radiation or nuclear activity around Chernobyl. Uh, do I remember at the start of the Ukraine-Russia war? Uh, yeah, there was, yeah, they did take over Ch- Chernobyl, didn't they? They have point. taken over Chernobyl. Even well, with they, this nuclear they... power plant, they've taken over, but Ukrainian factory workers or Ukrainian power plant workers are still operating. The I didn't, I didn't, plant. I know that there was a lot of, sort of news and i didn't know if it was like some of it was fake news i know russia tried to deny any issues at the time but there were some reports of like Mm. issues with radiation and people being affected by it i don't know me personally 
I, I don't know why they took over Chernobyl. Well, actually, they said it was because they wanted to protect it from terrorists. Well, it was also, and again, I might be wrong on this, and I know we have a lot of um, Eastern European listeners on this podcast because a lot of my friends are Eastern European. Uh, mm. So please text me if I'm wrong. Um, apparently, uh, it was also because Chernobyl is directly in line with um, Belarus. So it's 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 a sort mm. of perfect line down straight to Kiev. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It's tactically uh, a good place. Tactically um, a good place to to take over mental but isn't that just the you know russian military regime yeah. um but yeah but i think that's our whistle stop tour of uh current affairs obviously we're going to there are two things that we have excluded for the purpose of moving on to our next segment of the podcast which is the alex jones um damages case mm-hmm. and uh trump and his um is his house that summer house i think or win- no winter house yeah uh, so many houses i i, I so don't know i don't know uh his house being raided by the fbi and we're gonna we're gonna get on to we're gonna get on to alex jones what i wanted to briefly mention about trump was the way mm. fox news are framing it now i don't yes. have the exact words in front of yeah. me <laughs> james do you remember what it was exactly i think it was biden's <laughs> fbi agents raid 2024 candidates home or something like that well the funny thing is and i don't i don't know if this is to do, like i don't know if this is specifically to do with biden and that kind of narrative but there was something i read with fox news where they said they said president trump's home has been raided by fbi and I thought to myself, why are you calling him the president? Now, I know... Um, we had this discussion. Did we have this discussion or did, we, did we, I have this discussion with someone else? Discussion. Um, but I just thought it was weird. I mean, I know it's like probably respect, like re- respectful to call ex-presidents president. Mr. President, yeah. President Obama, President mm. uh, Clinton, President Bush. But I don't know. I just like... I you just thought it was a bit strange. I just thought it was very strange, especially being that, and this is my personal opinion on it, Trump is a failed politician. I know there's these ideas that he could, could come back in 2024, but he was a political failure between, yeah. tw- well, especially in that sort of 2018 to 2020 section. Yeah. So I don't especially quite... Especially during the pandemic. Yeah, especially during the pandemic. So I don't particularly know why... That why why Fox sort of insisted in calling him president because there there was this kind of implicit yeah we're, we we still believe that he's the president we still believe that you know that's the validation that's the the legitimacy that we should give him and I, I don't think it's that I think it's it's purely that they just call them Mr President etc but if I was Donald Trump I am not Donald Trump. If you think there's some, some sort of hoax going on <laughs> in politics and draft, uh, I'm not Donald Trump. Uh, I mean, if, I was, <laughs> if I was Donald Trump, I would not want to be called President Trump because uh, even though you want that validation of being called President Trump, my personal record as Donald J. Trump is much better than President Trump because mm. it just reminds people that you were a shitty president. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I, th- I think the whole, like, I think he called, he, he started talking about the narrative of like the FBI uh, b- 
being a Democrat-backed institution that's trying to effectively incriminate him. Oh, piss off. <laughs> and, it, and, it's, and it's just, I, to be honest, I, I don't know. I haven't read too much into the reasons why the FBI did. I don't know if that's even... You know, it, it isn't being widely reported. It's, it's going to no. be interesting when it eventually comes out. Um, and we'll, we'll definitely report it in the podcast. But it, we'll discuss it, it when it's that happens. Quite, it's quite funny. And this, and this is owing to the greater thing that we're going to talk about. But most people, if they were to get their home raided by the FBI, would be very reluctant to, to talk about it because it's like, you know, the potential damage that that could cause. Mm. However, the kind of the, the populist alt-right narrative that Trump has to come out and speak about it. He has yeah. to come out and speak about it. He has to, you know, talk about it because actually it's going to somehow sort of credit his position. And as much as I can, I, I'd love to say, oh, I don't know why he did that. It was stupid. It mm -hmm. worked because it got people polarized and it got people yes. talking about, you know, the, the whole idea of pr privacy and the whole idea of, you know, the institutions and the establishment being I'm against I'm so people. glad that you brought this up. I'm so glad that you brought this up because this is exactly what Alex Jones does. Now, what? so they love to get ahead of the narrative. They hate the mainstream media. Mm. And I think the mainstream media has its problem. And I don't like calling it mainstream media because I feel like I'm gratifying their words. Okay, they hate normal everyday media that's mm. and uh they actually also hate podcasts so i think we're doing something right shout out uh, i mean <laughs> if alex jones wants to listen to us you know that's fine he can talk about it um we've got a lot of haters which will be fine i think it's fun um but anyway we're not here to we're not here <laughs> to get haters um anyway so they love to do this they love to get ahead of the narrative they love to jump the gun and they love to paint it in any way shape or form regardless of what it's going to make them look like in the future so mm. alex jones right after he was sort of told okay so i'm going to give everyone a bit of a rundown on what the alex jones saga please, please do please do has been so alex jones uh an alt-right media activist if you like uh one of the few that doesn't have a slot on fox news uh is so he came out and said uh the 2012 sandy hook elementary school shooting in which 26 people died um tragedy children included very tragically uh was a complete synthetic manufactured and a giant hoax and completely with fake fake with actors that were that was that was his exact words um, and now what happened is in 2018, uh, Neil Hassan, a father, uh, the, the, the victim, the victim's father of Jesse Lewis, filed a defamation suit against Alex Jones uh, and his company's Infowars and free, free Speech Systems in Texas. Uh, now, what's happened recently is that they've he's been ordered to he's had multiple court, court cases against him and he's been ordered to pay, I think about $50 million, 45, about $45 million in damages. Um, and he's of course come out straight away and said, no, yeah, this, that, it, it was a hoax. Then it, he said on, on, uh, on his podcast or whatever you want to call it, his live radio TV show, that it was a hoax right after he was gone on the stand and said it wasn't a hoax. So a lot of what, these people say he's a complete lie and it's mm. just a drum up support. It's very divisive. Um, so yeah, that's what happened. That's what's happened with Alex Jones. Um, mm. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, look, I don't know too much. I've not been following the court case too mm. sort of keenly. 
only because the last time I did that was during the um, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp case, and that just made me want to, you know, keel over at some point because of how stupid it was. Um, mm. Not that I'm not that I'm discrediting the severity of this particular um, this particular court case, but mm-hmm. what, what I will say, and you know, I, I've been following what Alex Jones, not as a fan, but uh, I've, been, <laughs> I've been following what Alex Jones has done for a very long That'll time. That'll be an interesting turn in the politics yeah. on draft series. <laughs> record numbers drop in 24 hours. Um, yeah. no, but I've record been, 70. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I've been following what he's been doing for a long time. I remember him on Infowars. And this the whole time, I just remember him. Think, I, I remember thinking... How has this person actually, like, how has he got a voice that's actually being respected and being listened to and being advocated by people? Because people love him. People absolutely people love, people people love, love it. Him. And I don't know if it's this crazy American kind of hype, very kind of like conspiracy driven societal thing. I don't know. I've not done too much, like, you know, looking into the dynamics of. Um, of American society, but I just remember thinking he was a fucking lunatic. Yeah, it's it's it, it's complete lunacy. Everything is complete lunacy, and it's entirely based on lies. I think that's what drives their machine. Is mm. they say something in one instance when they're forced to speak the truth, um, and then right after he is saying something completely contradictory. So. During the, after the defamation trial, Infowars had to file for bankruptcy. bankruptcy. Mm. Right mm. after that, he decided to go on, on one of his live radio shows and said, this is the company's best ever day for sales. We, we're doing brilliantly. It's going completely okay. It's all brilliant, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And if anyone hasn't really clocked on to how terrible this man is, um, during the, he sells a lot of merchandise, a lot of it with a lot of anti-Semitic racist messaging on it. Uh, mm. A lot of T-shirts, but he also sells supplements. So oh. he's a, he, yeah. This is this is weird stuff. This is really really weird stuff. So he sells supplements, and he says, "Oh, this is gonna you know make you m- much more of a superhuman than you already are." It's this right wing white nationalist claim that somehow uh, white people are humans, and that anyone else who is not white is a subhuman. And that is constantly purported, despite them claiming themselves that they are not white nationalists. But anyway, we're going to come on to that. But so, so this man was selling supplements. He sold toothpaste that was that he claimed would cure you of coronavirus. Late, <laughs> later on, uh, the I don't I don't know what the American Food Agency or the American Health Agency is called, but that agency came out and said, you cannot say that. And then on the website it said, oh, it doesn't cure you for the novel coronavirus. It cures you for a different type of... It, it protects you from the, uh, from the tracking effects of the vaccine or however the government is trying to track you. It's complete bullshit. Sorry, I'm going to use that word a lot. Uh, and wow. I know we're going uh, we're, we're to try to turn down our swearing. He also sold pills, I think in 2018, that were found to have lead in them. Oh, good. Uh, which yeah. will basically kill you uh, if you have a lead-based pill, um, or it will give you massive, massive health issues. So please don't eat or buy any lead-based pills from Alex Jones. I don't think he's selling them anymore, but please don't go out to seek them either. And don't um, drink disinfectant. That's another thing. Don't drink disinfectant, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and speaking about Trump, 
Alex Jones, I'm going to try to get the quote up in a second. Uh, Trump, Trump went on Alex Jones's uh, show and said, you know, we're going to do great things and I hope I'm going to make you very, very proud, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So mm. if you think this is, I'm sure our listeners who are very, very clever and, and and think along the correct lines. If you think that Trump is somehow away from this alt-right figure uh, in American politics, he's not. Um, even though at multiple points, Alex Jones has criticized Trump. During the election campaigns, Trump has been very, very nice to Alex Jones and Alex Jones has been very, very nice to Trump. Mm. So they are very, very much connected. So this is this is the this is what he said in 2015 uh, as a presidential candidate appearing on the Alex Jones show. Your reputation is amazing. I will not let you down. You'll be very, very impressed. I hope. So that was Donald Trump on Alex Jones's show. What do you think about that, James? Well, I have something else to um, add to that, and I'm glad that you you came and asked me about what my thoughts are because um, I don't know if you remember. But um, uh, one of Trump's chief strategists that he employed... In Roger Stone. His... Nope. Not Roger Stone. Is it Roger Stone Steve, or Roger Stone? Steve Bannon. Oh, okay. Steve Bannon. Yep. Um, Breitbart. Yeah. So uh, just to kind of give a little bit of information as to, um, as to who Steve Bannon is, is because he was a very in instrumental. He was a former editor of the web outlet um, Breitbart News. I don't know if I'm actually sort of saying that uh, correct. And uh, Bannon himself described uh, this as the platform of the alt right. So it kind of gives you a little bit of an idea as to as to who okay. he is. But Steve Steve Bannon came out recently and and told Alex Jones that the deep state is planning to assassinate Trump. And the FBI, FBI planted the evidence in his house in Mar-a-Lago. So, um, yep, I'm going to let you kind of digest that for a second because that kind of talks to you. That kind of speaks volumes about what the alt right is like as a kind of political campaign. Um, mm. I'm going to throw that back at you. What do you make of that comment? I, I've just sort of thought of this. Um, do you think when Donald Trump dies? Um, eventually, uh, it, the right-wing element in America is going to somehow try to frame it as an assassination, or the FBI have killed Donald Trump, or the CIA have killed Donald Trump. Do you think that's what's going to happen? I think the, there will be those. There will be those claims, mm -hmm. as, as there are with a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, there was stuff about when Diana died. Um, you know, the, the, there's always going to be the, the, those sections of society. And let's be Do you think there'll be riots as a result of it? Because I feel like it'll be quite significant and prominent, and it could be quite a dangerous day for America. Mm, I don't know. I don't want to particularly speculate. I don't I, I don't want to, you know, try and whip up a, you mm. know, sort of sense of, you know, speculative hype I don't, I don't know if you call it hype but yeah yeah I, I don't i don't i don't want to go down the roots of speculation but i definitely feel that there will be some uncomfortable sort of media coverage on mm -hmm. um which there already has been over this whole um you know search and you know warranted seizure of documents in the mm -hmm. um mar-a-lago residence so mm -hmm. um also 
What a weird, what a weird name, Mar a Lago. So I just wanted to put that out there. I thought it was very bizarre. I don't know. I don't know what it represents, but maybe it's maybe it's just the area. But um, I also I also want to, and we can edit this out if you want, James, because it's quite a horrific quote from Alex Jones. Um, and you know what goes on after this quote as well. So this is a quote from Alex Jones. I don't know exactly when it was, but uh, this is him commenting on gay people. Mm. And so he said, the reason there's so many gay people now is because it's a chemical warfare operation. And I have the government documents where they said they're going to encourage homosexuality with chemicals so that people don't have children. What did he say after that, James? He said, oh, do you want me to do an impression of him? I'm doing an impression. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the frigging frogs gay. I don't know what the fuck he was going on about, but <laughs> it's it's actually quite a good impression. He does he, he he does do a lot of screaming, um, which makes you think as as well. On a more serious point, because he does so much screaming, is that might be the reason why so much of the American alt right is so angry to the point that they're going to raid the Capitol building and stuff like that. Mm, no, I totally agree. And, you know, I, I, I did a bit of a sort of satirical thing there. And I, 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 you know, I do want to say that I completely sort of sympathize with, you know, the LGBT community and some of the comments and, and backlash that they received as a result of uh, those comments. I don't want to sort of um, satirize that. Uh, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, but, but, but that's that, that's what the trend with it's it's sort of you know trying to understand these this group of people. It's worrying because it can have very very real impacts. Like you know some of the Sandy Hook uh, victims' families, as a result of Alex Jones's comments, had shots fired upon their houses. Absolutely. And mm. If you look at what happened in New Zealand in I believe 2019. That is a very, very serious consequence of some of these people's words. No, you know, I, com I completely opposing any sort of immigration whatsoever, even legal, saying that only white people should be in America. And and I was watching this documentary from Louis Theroux called Forbidden something. I think it's called Forbidden America, and it's called Angry and on the Internet, and it's about the American alt right. And th they cover loads of people, not Alex Jones, but they cover people like Nick Fuentes. Uh, someone called Baked Alaska, uh, and whose name is his actual name is I don't care if I butcher it because he's a horrible person himself. Anthony Joseph Tim Gionette, uh, more commonly known as Baked Alaska. Um, so the, these people, this group of people, this is a sort of new American alt right. These people don't claim they're neo Nazis. They don't claim that they're white nationalists. They don't like being called the alt right. But every single one of their policies or any every single one of their narratives or rhetoric is very very alt right there in the documentary from louis theroux they were talking about um it's on bbc iplayer by the way if you want to go and give it a watch it's it's a terrific documentary um they they were talking about how this afpac which is the america first political mm. action committee or group or whatever um which they host every year with a couple of attendants 300 or something and then they have a lot of people watching on the internet they work to keep women out of the inner circle, quote unquote. Mm. And the Nick Fuentes guy, well, I don't care how a bitch is name, <laughs> um, as I said, uh, he actively, he was happy to state on the record that he doesn't think women should have the vote. I mean, this is just 
completely backwards thinking. Yeah. And what's more worrying to me, the, the more worrying element of this is that most of Nick Fuentes' followers and most of Baked Alaska's followers come from the gaming community, mm. uh, playing Fortnite and playing Call of Duty. Now, I play a lot of Call of Duty. Um, I also play other games. Uh, but it's worrying that young people can be influenced in this way so easily. Yeah. And it's just so, so scary. And you know, I, I also saw this video on TikTok. By the way, we're going to open our own TikTok account eventually. But Whoa. yay. Uh, and I saw this video on TikTok and it was about how quickly can you fall down the alt-right pipeline or the right-wing pipeline. And someone made an absolutely fresh account and you know, up came videos of Andrew Tate, another horrific <laughs> misogynist idiot. Um, and he liked a couple of those videos and lo and behold, five videos later came up a video of Ben Shapiro. It's just that easy. Yeah. It's, it's so, so scary. And it's so, so worrying that young mm. people could fall. And it's not just young people. It's people, you know, people who are educated, people who are our age, mm. who could easily fall down this pipeline. I, I, I don't necessarily, I don't think I call them friends anymore, but he actively repost Andrew Tate videos and I'm like, what are you doing? This man is like, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I've had, I've had discussions Definitely. with my girlfriend about this. Um, uh, my girlfriend was very, very happy that it only took me a minute to mention her on the podcast last time. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're going to go back onto the topic. What do you um, think about, um, how quickly it is to pull down the all right pipeline? Yes. I, I think it is very, very worrying. Um, for, for the viewers benefit, I actually kind of want to talk about what the alt-right is because we're kind, we're kind of using this yes, absolutely. Of the alt-right and I think it's it's very easy to kind of you know start you know butchering a lot of what what it actually means to be alt-right and I, a lot of what I'm going to talk about now is pulled from the book The Rise of the Alt-Right from uh, by Thomas J. Main, a very good book published in 2018 on the back end of the kind of rise of Trumpism and the rise of uh, the alt-right being prevalent within sort of uh, mainstream media, which is quite ironic because they don't like mainstream media, but they then became part of it. But anyway, that's a kind of side topic. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to talk about two things, which is in his book. The first one talks about um, this guy called Andrew Anglin, who's the editor of the Daily Stormer, an alt-right website, um, and. Uh, one of the basic sort of tenets, one of the kind of basic commands he says is anti-Semitism. Jews are fundamentally opposed to the white race and Western civilization, and so must be confronted and ultimately removed from white societies completely. I mean, like, that's just totally awful. And th there is unfortunately an element of that within the UK. And we can kind of briefly talk about uh, the kind of UK element of this, although I think it, it's quite interesting to kind of keep this on a kind of US focus. But and the second part I'm going to talk about is um, a, a man called Brad Griffin, editor of the website um, Occidental Descent. Um, he often goes by the pseudonym of Hunter Wallace and describes uh, the alt-right's three hallmark characteristics and one of them, he says, identity, the alt-right analysis of history, and I quote, and biology has led us to the conclusion that human beings are not primarily individuals. On the contrary, we are tribal beings who invariably divide the world into in-groups and out-groups. And those tribes have always been in 
primordial struggle for dominance. The timeless struggle for dominance between rival groups is groups is why we have politics. So there's this kind of element of like uh, because they're not individualist. They're not they they kind of emulate this weird kind of social value of community but mm -hmm. a divisive community a faction based society well that is of course very conservative yeah the idea of a community a, and organicism mm, and stuff like that um but, but, for the benefit of our listeners organicism and conservatism link together very well because they believe in the idea of a small community and mm. they believe in the idea that that community should help out each other now at its basis it's quite a nice idea that the idea that your community should help out each other and you know society works that way that the element of government not helping you out as much is less less nice but the idea that the community is there to help you is a really really nice idea and i really sympathize with it and it and it was prevalent during the during the covid times that you know i know it was a lot of gesture politics that people were coming out on the pavement and clapping for the nhs mm. and it but i quite like that idea you know if there was if there was genuine sentiment behind it i would like it even more but yeah um i i quite like the idea of community but that's why the alt-right is promoting it the idea of you know sort of uniting the right but mm. if it's it's very scary and i i didn't really touch on it just because I was quoting and going off on a bit of a tangent there, but you said about how quickly that that stuff spreads. And funnily enough, I actually did my EPQ on mm -hmm. right-wing extremism. Mm -hmm. And to put it into context, I'm sure we'll all remember the, um, the awful situation that was the Christchurch massacre. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I, for the life of me, I can't remember the man who actually did it, and I don't particularly want to. But he actually produced a, a manifesto. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, he had stuff written on his gun. Yeah, um, he, he produced a manifesto regarding um, his views and his beliefs, which were very right wing, very, um, very homophobic, very, um, very xenophobic, very Islamophobic, etc., etc., etc. And that got translated into something ridiculous, like 40-odd languages mm -hmm. in the space of, like, a month. And got posted onto, like, Reddit pages and got posted onto online forums. And the, 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 the actual... You're not talking about a very kind of inside group of people who are very to themselves. They have a view to, to conquer and divide and to spread this ideology. Now, I'm not saying that all all right people are the sorts of people that want to go into a mosque and kill a bunch of people based purely on their religion. But there definitely is this sense of, oh, this is very dangerous. And it takes one, it takes one person off the rails to completely do something as horrific as what we saw in Christchurch and what we saw to our own um, beloved Labour MP, Joe Cox, uh, yeah. years ago. Yeah, it's it's weird because I don't think these Alex Jones, these Nick Fuentes, these baked Alaskas are actually ever going to go into a mosque. I actually doubt whether they genuinely believe this because there's a lot of money in mm. espousing divisive and controversial opinions. And it's just it's just stupefying that they don't they see this as 
a lot of these new alt-right, these Nick, Fu- Nick Fuentes and Baked Alaskas, they, they see this as online trolling. Yeah. But they don't realize that the very, very real impacts of this, that you could impact, impact impressionable young minds. It's, Absolutely. That, that's exactly what happened. So that's the worrying element of it, if we want to quantify it that way. That, that's, the, that's the really, really worrying element of it because it impacts young minds. And especially in America, where you can just go out and get a gun and gun down people. Absolutely. And I think that kind of, if you want, if you don't mind me kind of moving us on to one facet that you wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. um, just to kind of, I guess, con- conclude the conversation, and that's to do with, do we think that there is an alt-right prevalence in the UK? And if so, is it to the extent of what we're seeing in America? I think there is. There definitely is. It's not to the extent that we see in America. I think it's much more shadowed over. Um, and I think there was a much more prevalent one recently, but there isn't any more. There was, you know, the BNP, mm. um, EDL, which I would quantify as an alt-right group, um, which, sorry, I'm just going to uh, quickly give a, yeah. a little mention to what happened here. So a couple of years ago, I was out looking at universities. Um, I was looking at King's College London, uh, the London Bridge campus, and I was walking with a friend and there was an EDL march going on. Yeah. Uh, and do you know what? I wasn't that politically engaged at the time. And I just thought, do you know what? Let's just go. The policeman said to us, it's a far right march. The policeman said this to us. Now, whatever mm-hmm. your opinions are on the police, the policeman himself outside New Scotland Yard said, it's a far right march. So me and my friends, um, we decided to go and investigate what it was. And we went around the corner and they, they saw, at the time, I. I, by the way, I have a very prominent beard right now. At the time, I still had a prominent beard. Um, but it wasn't just a beard. It was, I had what people like to call uh, a bindi, but it's a, it's a different version of that. I had a, I had a marking uh, at my, in my, te- in my so- on, on, where, right between my eyebrows, if you like. Mm. And a member of the EDL saw that, and they decided to come around and try to bully me into something. And I hid in a sort of touristy shop behind someone's counter because I, I was genuinely scared that they were going to rush me because I'm a brown man who had a marking on his forehead and they saw me as, you know, one of the immigrants that they hate so much. So I haven't really discussed that widely that before, but that has happened before. Um, I it, it was quite a harrowing event. Mm-hmm. But yes, so these groups do exist in the UK, uh, but there are also fabulous groups such as Hope Not Hate. It's an advocacy group based in the UK at, campaigns against racism and fascism mm. um, and it's they help re-educate and prevent things like this happening and whilst these groups do exist whilst right very very extreme right-wing figures in the uk do exist i don't think it's as bad as it once was i think it's much more plastered over like certain policies in the conservative party make you think huh this is a bit fascist i, me- I mentioned it last week like the, like the policy of prevent is mm. a bit fascist um well it's not a bit fascist quite fascist uh but i don't think rishi sunak is going to get into power the, the the idea of sending immigrants to rwanda whilst probably not fascist it's promoting a very very right-wing sentiment uh and it's playing to that element of we hate immigrants and we should stop mm. all immigration if you wouldn't mind me hopping into this i i don't think there is as much of an alt-right presence or at least a public alt-right prevent, pre, uh, presence 
in the UK. And I think that is mainly to do with our, and I, and I will say this, our very good um, media regula regulators um, in comparison okay. to, I don't think that our media regulators are brilliant. Yeah. I don't think that, um, is it, it's off quote, is it, oh, I'm trying to remember what the, I think it's Ofcom. Ofcom, yeah. I'm not saying yeah. that Ofcom are, um, are the total dog's bollocks when it comes to regulation, but mm -hmm. uh, in terms of trying to reduce hate, I think that they've done a very good at suppressing those mm -hmm. kind of, those very far right uh, voices. Obviously, it's going to be very difficult to try and actually stop a march because mm -hmm. it's expression of free speech. And mm -hmm. I know that's very prevalent at the moment due to, you know, Priti Patel's quite punitive measures to try and change the way protest is enacted and the certain yeah. powers that the police I have. I forgot to mention that, yeah. And it'll be quite yeah. interesting whether those powers are, um, are placed against far-right marches. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that's pro that's probably my view on it. Is that I think it's simply because there isn't there isn't as much accessibility mm -hmm. in the UK as there is in the US. Um, I think I think it's important to and I'm I'm not going to say his name because I think a lot of our listeners will be in the UK. But the leader of EDL, um, mm -hmm. it's important to mention that those sort of figures can rise up very easily, yeah. um, and it's important to continue educating yourself so that you don't fall down that pipeline because it's so easy. And I would, yeah, it's, I, I would say, yes, there isn't, it's probably not as prevalent as it is in the UK, US, um, in the UK, but please keep your eyes open and ears open because it can easily happen. It's, it's so easy to happen. It's, it's not happened that much, but even like the other day when I was, it was, it was a couple of months ago, I was coming down, uh, on the district line towards, uh, towards Cannon Street, and it's it's important to remember that the sort of home of UK alt right is in East London. That's where I think the fascist party of the UK was founded and stuff like that. And I saw that there was a BNP banner sort of stuck everywhere throughout the district line, yeah. and I, I I took it as my job to just sort of pick out every single one and bin it because well done, it can easily happen. Well so yeah, so just my message to everyone is it's it's not that prevalent, but it could happen, and it's important to keep your eyes and ears open and not fall down the pipeline, and not and sort of keep on it. If if you if you have any friends that are retweeting Andrew Tate or re, reposting Andrew Tate, have a chat with them. You know, don't 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 completely disregard them. Um, ironically, like how I've done, but have a chat with them. Try to re-educate them. Um, in the nicest way possible, because it's it's not nice to see your friends do that. Just encourage that conversation, and I think yeah. that, and, and owing to, and I'm going to kind of, you know, draw this to a close. Owing to our project with this podcast is that we're trying to open a conversation and try and, you know, listen to different views and bring them together and just spark that that debate and conversation. You know. <laughs> someone did have a view about someone like Andrew Tate, I'm not going to totally dismiss them, but, but equally I'm going to sort of, you know, just get engaged with that conversation. I think that's what we all need to do. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I think that was a good way to end the podcast actually. Yeah. Um, with a kind of, uh, the moral of the story is talk to people and 
uh and yeah educate yourself and one way that you can educate yourself is by uh constantly listening to the politics on draft uh podcast so plug. Uh, amazing yeah, plug little plug please follow us on twitter at p underscore on underscore draft uh you know, i think it's important to mention how to spell draft because a lot of people don't know yeah d-r-a-u-g-h-t i'd say think about that there because i have been drinking but um <laughs> yeah Please, uh, you shouldn't have asked me to do it. I was dyslexic. <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't. That would have been really fucking embarrassing. <laughs> but yeah, but please, um, hit us up on all of the socials. We're currently on uh, Spotify, we're on Acast, and we're on Amazon Music. We're also on Twitter. Please like, follow, retweet, do all the stuff. Uh, my name's uh, James, and I'd like to thank you very much for listening. And my name's Kartik, and thank you so much for listening. Yeah. And we'll see you next week on Politics on Draft. See you later. Bye-bye.